Woke up quick at about noon. Well, we made it to a Friday here on this 10th day of July. We appreciate you for downloading, streaming, and subscribing here to the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar. Thank you so much for all the support that you have shown the show this week. Uh, thank you for all of the support that you continue to show the show. If you want some bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash Damian Barling. If you're a Kings fan, uh, make sure you check out the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I think we're going to drop an episode of that podcast this weekend because, well, we've actually got basketball to talk about. We're getting, we're getting closer and closer to this being real. We're getting closer and closer to this, this, well, what if? Well, what if? Well, if this doesn't happen and this doesn't happen, we got all 22 teams in Orlando now. The last nine teams arrived for the NBA last night. Uh, the Lakers arrived. Uh, we saw Philadelphia arrive. The video of Joel Embiid and it looked kind of like a hazmat suit or a cleaning suit or something. We saw him arrive. Uh, LeBron James, Dame Lillard, they all posted pictures saying goodbye to their family and the whole deal. And so while those teams are arriving and they're going through their 36-hour quarantine period, the Sacramento Kings, their 36-hour quarantine period is up. And barring any terrible news, uh, we've got a Kings practice today. Uh, actually, I think we had our first practice yesterday. Didn't involve the Kings, but we had our first practice inside the bubble yesterday. I think the Magic uh, practiced yesterday. So we're this is this is starting to become real. We're seeing videos from reporters with the you know the 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 social distancing monitors. Uh, we're seeing the the different bracelets and the rings and everything that we're we're getting a lot of pictures on social media from from inside the bubble to kind of give us a glimpse of what's going on and it's getting closer and closer to happening and we're going to have a you know there'll be a Zoom call later on today there'll be one tomorrow this will be the first time that the Kings there that they, that they practice together since March. You know, I, I know that there have been individual workouts, but as we know here in Sacramento, Buddy is tested positive, uh, so he was away. Alex Lynn tested positive, so he was away. Uh, Jabari Parker, I don't think he ever came to Sa Sacramento uh, after his positive test in Chicago. And the other weird thing is, because there aren't any beat reporters, you know, I, I know Malik Andrews is there. Uh, she's a, a, a national ESPN reporter. I know that there are national reporters there, but because it's being covered on a national level, I think there's a, a lot of things we don't know. Like, we, we don't specifically know, like, who made it and who didn't. Like, we don't specifically know who arrived in Orlando and who hasn't. We don't know that all of the Kings players are there. Remember, someone tested positive a couple of days ago that shut down the practice facility at the Golden One Center. We don't know who that was. But if we... Once we, and I don't even know when we'll find out, if we'll find out. I mean, I guess we'll know if it's a player, but the way information is released, they can pick and choose what is released to us because it is a, you know, this, we talked about the, the NBA mandated position, the digital media coordinator. Well, if, if that digital media coordinator doesn't release the information to us, we won't know. I doubt there's going to be a, a, a long line of national reporters at the Sacramento Kings practice. I'm sure there will be some. I, I'm not even clear what all media is there, uh, to be honest with you. I know Mark Spears is there. I think he tweeted a picture uh, from, from the Orlando campus. So, I, you know, it's, 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 it's weird. The first couple of days of practice are, are, are going to be weird because I still think there's a, a, a bit of trying to figure out who's there and trying to figure out who's not. We know Kawhi Leonard didn't make the trip. The Clippers traveled on Wednesday to the Walt Disney World Complex, and he didn't make the trip. Now, he was, the, the story coming out of Los Angeles is that he was given permission by the organization to tend to a family matter, and he would, you know, he would arrive at, at, at a later date and time. And, you know, he has to go through, I'm assuming, and this is 100% an assumption on my part, and I think it's a pretty confident assumption that Kawhi is going to charter to Los Angeles, whether he charters on his own or the Clippers charter him to Los Angeles. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on a private plane that gets him to Orlando. So his quarantine period will basically be the same 36-hour quarantine period that the rest of the Clippers and really the rest of the league is under. It might be stretched to 48 hours, but he'll have to pass those back-to-back -back COVID tests as well. Uh, we've also learned yesterday that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are not in Orlando yet with Houston. 
Uh, no explanation was given as to why those guys aren't there. We know, and this was a big question mark for a really long time, Mike D'Antoni is in Houston. And I think Mike D'Antoni was the one who said, and this will be interesting, Mike D'Antoni said he'll coach with a mask on uh, in an effort to protect himself, he says, in, in, in an effort to protect others. Uh, he was one of the coaches people were worried about. Uh, Alvin Gentry is another one, 65 years old. He was a coach that... You know, he was. They were vocal. I, if you recall, when this first started, you know, Adam Silver kind of hinted that there might not be. You know, some some coaches might not be able to be there, and immediately some people stood up and said, mm -mm, "Yeah, I don't think we're going to do this." Like if if there's if the, if if my medical records, you know, I I, I know that pe people have concerns, but if I get the thumbs up, I'm going. And I think that was Mike D'Antoni that said that. Alvin Gentry said something that was pretty similar. We haven't heard anything about Greg Popovich. I assume that he's there. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've heard a peep from the San Antonio Spurs yet. So I, I, I assume they're there. I assume Greg Popovich is there. You know, these older coaches, Rick Carlisle as well. He's another one for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, but so the, we, we the, that's a little bit. And, and those are our obviously marquee players. We're talking about the head coach of the Pelicans. We're talking about the head coach of the Houston Rockets, and then we're talking about three, you know, superstars. We're talking about three all-NBA players when we're talking about Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So national media is going to notice right away if they're not there. That's not going to be the case for virtually any member of the Sacramento Kings unless you're talking about De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, probably maybe Marvin Bagley. But there could be, like if Rashawn Holmes is missing, I don't know that... Woj is going to notice or whoever might be, you know, stop in on a Kings practice. I don't know if anybody's going to notice. And I don't know when the Kings are going to release that information, if they are going to release that information. Uh, or, or, you know, I, I don't know, maybe my math is off. Maybe whoever tested positive for Sacramento that shut down the practice facility a few days ago, maybe they passed their back-to-back -back COVID test. They've got cleared and we're off and running and the entire team is there. But, but it's, you know, it, it's it's starting to feel, you know, with with now that all 22 teams are in Orlando, now that practices have begun for Orlando, it's we're getting really, really close to being able to talk about. OK, let's like let's talk about basketball. Like, let's try to leave the covid aspect out of it. And it's always it's it's, it's going to linger. Uh, it, it's 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 going to linger over the season unless, you know, if we can get. I mean, if we get through practice if we get through scrimmages if we get through the start of this and there's you know not tests popping up here and there positive tests popping up here and there maybe they're in the clear maybe this whole thing is working and we're off and running and but it's it's always it's always going to be there right because every time we watch a game it's going to be different it's going to be a different viewing experience it's going to be a different listening experience it, it's it's going to be different even in the way that media covers it you know because we're you know we're going to be watching zoom calls as opposed to uh, you know, being in front of somebody, it, it, the, the message is going to be a little bit less instantaneous than it would if, you know, people were gathered, you know, in the media room at the Golden One Center or at the Staples Center or at, you know, whatever arena it might be. So it's always going to be there. But if you if, if the concern starts to go away, as long as everybody is still being responsible, then, man, it's time to talk about basketball and it's time to talk about the Kings chances of of winning. It's it's you know, it's time to look at the schedule. Everybody loves to predict like wins and losses. And I've been so hesitant. I'm one. You never predict wins and losses. You never, ever look at a schedule and try to predict wins and losses. You, you've, we've, we've all have learned that lesson in the most painful fashion. And when I hear, you know, we talked to Jason Jones last week and, and Marshall Harris both. Oh, they got to go six and two or they got to go five and three. It's like, man, I am not doing it. I am not looking at that schedule trying to guess how many games that they've got to win or how many games they can afford to lose or they've got to come out. Like Marshall and I both decided somehow after four and a half months off, the first Kings game is a must win. And it absolutely is because it's against San Antonio. And you can, you know, I think Marshall used the, the analogy. You kind of put the nail in the coffin of the San Antonio Spurs with that first game, and that's the way to go. You know, that's, that's like open up, put the Spurs to rest, get into a rhythm, and get going. You've got to be able to, they, you know, beating the Pelicans, you, you've got to at least split. You probably want to win both. Hot take right there, right? You want to win both games against the Pelicans. 
But it, it's it's so difficult to look at it. Well, they should beat this team, and they should beat that team. And it's a dangerous game to play, friendo. It's 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 never ever ever uh, a wise move to try to do that. But we all do it. We're all guilty of it, and it's okay. It's all right. We're all guilty of it, and it's com- it's completely okay. Uh, but it's never the wisest thing to do because they'll come out, they'll beat San Antonio. Maybe they'll beat the Pelicans, right? But then they'll lose to the Phoenix. And I don't even know that Phoenix is on their on their schedule or not. I can't remember. But you know what I'm saying. They lose a game that they're not supposed to. We've, everybody's talking about the Pelicans. Everybody is super high on, wow, we get that Pelicans-Lakers matchup. And it's like, yeah, you know the Pelicans lost to the Timberwolves? You know, they had two games against the Minnesota Timberwolves over the course of, I think, the final 10 before the break, and they lost one of them to the Timberwolves. Timberwolves didn't even get invited. Like, the the, the NBA just looked at them and like, yeah, they're done. They're in the Golden State Warrior, Cleveland Cavalier category. Like, they are done. Pelicans lost to them. Nobody's even talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that the Kings were 7-3. and in the 10 games before the All-Star break. You know who else was 7-3? and three? I, Not the All-Star break, for God's sakes. The impromptu virus break. They were 7-3 and three before the impromptu virus break. You know who else was 7-3? and three? The Los Angeles Clippers. There was one team better. And it was the Los Angeles Lakers. They were 8-2. and two. So that's your category before the COVID break. Lakers, Clippers, Kings. And that's not the those aren't the, the the best three teams in the in the in the uh, in the Western Conference over the final uh, ten games. Those are the best three in the entire league in the final ten games. I think Indiana might be in that category as well. I think they were seven and three before the break. Point is, there was one team better than the Kings, and it was the Lakers. The other three teams are bona fide playoff teams. Or the other two teams, I guess. It's just the Clippers and the, and, and the Pacers. The other two teams are bona fide uh, uh, playoff teams. But they just, oh, no, let's talk about the Pelicans. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Pelicans were 5-5 five and five before the break. They had won their last two games. One of them was a rematch against Minnesota that they had fallen on their face with. And they had a quality win that you got to give them credit for against the Miami Heat. That was a hell of a win that they had uh, against Miami. Those were their last two games. They had lost their they had lost their previous three. Mavericks beat him. Lakers beat him. And as we noted a moment ago, the Cavs have beat him. Or the T Wolves, sorry, not the Cavs, the T Wolves. The T Wolves beat them. Mavericks, Timberwolves, and Lakers all beat the Pelicans before they went on a two game win streak before the COVID break. But we're all hung up on the Pelicans. And when I say we, I don't mean us. I mean people who cover cover basketball. Oh, we got to get that Lakers-Clippers matchup. They lost to the Lakers twice in the last six games. Are you kidding me? All right, cool. Like, let's go ahead and get that matchup. You can have your little Zion versus LeBron. You can have your little uh, Anthony Davis rematch whatever, Anthony Davis revenge or the Pelicans revenge. You can frame this however you want to. fact is that the Lakers have already beat the Pelicans twice in the last couple of days. I mean, their, their wins before the break, a hell of a win against Miami. You give them that, 100%. They beat the Timberwolves, who weren't invited. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, who weren't invited. You know who else they beat? They beat the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, they weren't invited either. They had two good wins against the Portland Trailblazers uh, mixed in in there also. Oh, and they beat the Bulls. God forbid I leave out the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are in Orlando, right? Championship favorite? Oh, no. That's right. They're not invited either. Hey, but don't let that get in the way of a, of a good media propaganda here. Don't let, don't let that get in the way of them pushing this, this New Orleans Pelicans matchup. And I get it. I get it. The King... 
No one cares about the Kings. No one takes the Kings seriously. Like, I, I get all that. Like, hey, you know what? Forget it. I, I don't think the Pelicans are going to happen. I know it's a juicy story. I know we've got, you know, Zion versus Anthony Davis and Zion versus LeBron and Anthony Davis versus the Pelicans and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. We've got all of these great stories. But, yeah, it's 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 kind of far-fetched. That's okay. Let's root. I, I got it. Let's root for the Portland Trailblazers because we've got Dame Lillard who doesn't want to be in Orlando. I don't care what you – I love Dame Little as much as anybody. It's Dame time, baby. He don't want to be there. He's ready to get these eight games over with and go home. You know what the Trailblazers' last three games look like? As a matter of fact, let's stretch it a little bit further. You know what their last four games look like? They beat the Suns. The Suns are invited to Orlando, but kind of by default. But they beat the Suns. They lost to Sacramento. They lost to those same Suns. You know who their other two wins were against before the break? Washington and Orlando. Now, Orlando is technically a playoff team, but whenever you have to throw the word technically in, you know that there's a reason that you don't really count them. They're likely going to be first-round fodder for the Milwaukee Bucks. And, well, if you could just kick out a team that's in the playoffs, it would probably be Orlando. Oh, also in the 10 games before before the break, they lost uh, consecutively to Atlanta, Indiana, and Boston. But, no, let's go ahead and talk about how this is a, a race between the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, let's be fair to Memphis here. Memphis is the uh, eighth seed. They're the incumbent, if you will. They're 32 and 33. They got a three and a half game lead on everybody else. They were four and six before the COVID break. In the last 10 games, they were four and six. Well, who did they beat? Well, they beat Atlanta. Twice. They beat the Hawks twice. Who else did they beat? They beat Brooklyn. Okay. They beat the Lakers. I can't figure that one out, but they beat the Lakers 105 to 88. You know who they lost to before that game? The Kings. As a matter of fact, they were coming off of a stretch where they lost to the Kings, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Kings again. Oh, but they had to have had some quality wins in here. Besides, I mean, come on. They had to have something better than the Atlanta win, right? No, well, we mentioned that they beat the Lakers. That was it. They lost to Orlando. Right before the break, they lost to Orlando. They lost to Atlanta. And Memphis and, um, Memphis and Portland are opening up against each other. They're opening up on July 31st against each other. So that's it. That's it. Again, talk about must-win games. Yes, the Kings' first game of the restart is a must-win. That is not hyperbole. They have to beat San Antonio because San Antonio, I don't think, is really a contender in this. San Antonio wants to get through these eight games, and they want to move on. That's why LaMarcus Aldridge had his surgery. They're not concerned about this. they got to figure out what they're going to do next year. Kings, 7-3. and three. Memphis, Four and six. Pelicans, five and five. Portland, four and six. I get Sacramento's not a sexy place, but the just overall disrespect, and I know the joke has come from the ringer, and I think I'm starting to think that the ringer is either horrible at their job or they're in on the gag. Like, I think they know, or I, I have to believe that they're in on the joke and they're purposely not mentioning the Sacramento Kings, because it's, it's, it's a running gag. I, I, I just refuse to believe that there are a group of individuals who cover a sport who are this collectively stupid. I just, it's, it, that's hard for me to believe. I know that there are a lot of stupid people in sports media. We show our ass every day, and when you talk for a living or perhaps you write for a living or you tweet for a living or whatever you do in the world of sports, you're inevitably going to say something stupid. You're inevitably going to have... Poor takes. I love uh, Mike Golick's sense of humor. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Mike Golick and the Golick and Wingo show coming to an end on ESPN. And, uh, you know, Golick's run, you know, of well over 
it's got to be well over 20 years as a morning show host in ESPN and really the anchor behind uh, ESPN radio being built. Like it's, it's, it's all coming to an end for him. And, you know, he's had a great sense of humor about, you know, in all of my years on the radio, I've never had a worse take than this one. And he posted, I should, I should see if I can find it really quick. He posted a clip of what he said following, um, what he said following Patrick Mahomes uh, taking over for Alex Smith. And it's just a, it's, you know, in hindsight, and, you know, the, the news of the ESPN change and the news of Patrick Mahomes' contract extension were about at, at, at the same time. So this, 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 this is from a, uh, this is from a, a he, he says, in my 23 years of doing morning radio, uh, this take a couple years ago is probably my biggest swing and it, if you're going to be all in on a, on a young quarterback like Pat Mahomes, a guy who has done nothing, now, could you imagine? And you know, listen, he's going to struggle. Pat Mahomes did not play his rookie year at barely at all. There is no chance on God's green earth he comes in next year and lights it up. He is going to struggle, and there's something amazing to me about the fact that you have a chief team that can win now that you're going to go now to a young quarterback. I, I, I'm a little surprised. Follow the show How on great Twitter. Is that? How great. And you have to be willing to poke fun at yourself. Like when you do this, which he did, and it says 23 years, that's all, how long he's been doing morning. So in 23 years, that's my biggest swing and miss. you got to be willing to poke fun at yourself and admit the things that you got wrong. I was wrong about Dallas. I've said that over and over and over again. I was dead wrong about the Mavericks. I, I totally underestimated. I, I allowed myself to forget that Rick Carlisle was their coach, and that was a great run organization. I completely swung and missed on that one. They've been phenomenal this year. I didn't know how much Luka Doncic was going to get better. Um, he got a lot better. Um, but you, you've, you've got, and, and that's why I keep looking at the ringer like they're in on the gag, right? Like they, they know that. They know that if they don't mention the Kings, that Kings fans will come for them. And, you know, now now the uh, Sacramento Kings, their digital platform is in on the gag. And it's like, okay, do you keep the running bit going or do you acknowledge like, hey, we, we all collectively miss this? Because it's really hard to believe. I understand the Kings aren't sexy. Like, I get it. But Memphis is sexier, or maybe you acknowledge Memphis because they're the incumbent, which is fine, and I think that's legit. They're in the best position to be the eight spot. But how do you ignore Dame Lillard going like, eh, I don't really know that I want to do this? How do you ignore the fact that the, 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 that the Pelicans were terrible before? Not terrible. They weren't terrible. But how do you ignore that they, had a, that they were kind of stumbling through the last 10-game stretch? If the season had continued, there is all sorts of – you know, what ifs, if the final 18-ish, depending on the team, games had been played. The Pelicans weren't making the playoffs. I'm confident in that. Were, were the Kings? I don't, probably not. It was probably Memphis. But, you know, you, Marshall was making this argument the other day, and you can always go back and, you know, catch up on episodes if, if, if you'd like to, especially without live games being played. Most of the shows that we do, and this is something that I've noticed over the course of this pandemic, is a lot of people listen to, you know, shows that are several days old, which didn't used to be the case. When I first started doing this podcast, I always thought, well, like it's going to be it's going to be day one listening because it's, it's like time sensitive because the news cycle moves so fast. And that was never really the case. I mean, people would catch up a day or two at a time. But since the pandemic started, like nothing really is time sensitive. People are catching up on shows from, you know, from last week and, and, and guiding into this week. But if you go back and you listen to the conversations we have with Jason Jones and, 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 and Marshall Harris and, and, you know, some of the different people that we've talked to about the NBA restart, it's all kind of been the same tone. Like, okay, we, we, we know what you, you, know you want to see. Uh, and, and we know that no matter how well the Kings were playing, the Kings could have been 10-0 before the break. It doesn't matter. You know, we, we could talk about how easy the schedule was for the Pelicans. We could talk about how easy or how difficult the schedule was uh, for the Grizzlies. None of that stuff is happening anymore. Like, what would have happened if the final 18 games had been played? No one knows. I'm still of the belief the Grizzlies would have kept the playoff spot. Three and a half games is kind of a lot. You need a lot to go your way, especially when that many teams who haven't played well through the bulk of the season uh, are fighting for the same spot because they're going to knock each other out here at some point. 
you know, someone's going to lose a key game when it's, you know, one and a half games, when they're one game back and, and, and the Grizzlies had just won theirs and they got to win one to keep pace, but somehow the Suns knocked them off and now they wind up two back with five games left or something along those lines. Like those types of things happen. That's why you don't look at the schedule. That's why you don't like, that's why you don't look at the schedule and try to predict wins. But none of it matters. Pelicans, 0-10. Kings, 10-0 before the break. None of it matters because that, that was four months ago. Like, that was March. Is, it is the 10th day of July, and the last time we saw a basketball game was on March 11th. I remember the podcast that day saying, well, I, I, think, I think the game we get tonight with the, with the Pelicans and the Kings is going to be the last game this season with any fans in attendance. I do not think we're going to see another basketball game with fans in attendance. And it turned out to be slightly more extreme than that. Not only was that game not played, but that was the day that the season shut down. So I'm, I'm, you know, making a big deal out of what the Pelicans did and what the Kings did and, 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 and what the Grizzlies did or didn't do or what the, 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 the Trailblazers did or didn't do. And I only do that because I put in context in that I just don't know how you can ignore the Kings. And it's not just the ringer. I haven't, I haven't seen one outlet go, hey, watch out for Sacramento. Watch out for Sacramento because... They had a, a nice little 20-game. They had a great 10-game stretch. They had a nice little 20-game stretch. I'd watch out for them. See what they're doing. 13-7 and seven in, the, in, the, in the final 20 games before the pandemic. 7-3 and three in the final 10. Like, keep an eye on them. I haven't, seen, I, haven't, I haven't seen one person do that. If you've read one, can you screenshot it to me? Now, I don't mean go look for one. I mean, if you have read one in your readings on ESPN Plus or USA Today or The Athletic, shoot it. My, I haven't seen it. I know Jason Jones has written articles about the Kings making the playoffs. I know Jason Jones has written articles about the Kings being a contender. I know Sam Amick has written articles. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about guys who don't see the team on a daily basis. Like, how are you just... Doesn't someone at least stand up and go, hey, wait a minute, guys. What about what, about what De'Aaron Fox was doing before the break? What about this, this buddy healed Bogdan Bogdanovich switch? What about this question mark that Marvin Bagley is? Like, is this not an intriguing NBA storyline, like, at all? Like, not even a little bit? And maybe part of that is because, you know, you've got to, you know, the, the story in the NBA right now is less basketball and more bubble-oriented. You know, it's more about bracelets and rings and social distancing monitors it's more about Mike D'Antoni coaching in a mask. It's more about the fact that Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, uh, they're not there. It's more about the fact that four Brooklyn Nets have had to opt out of the restart. It's about the fact that they just signed, they being the Brooklyn Nets, have signed Jamal Crawford. Uh, they've signed Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley is an NBA player in 2020. That's how wild this year is. That's kind of what this is all about right now. And it's less about who's going to make the playoffs. It's less about, okay, who was playing well before the break. It's truthfully who was playing well for, for, before the break doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for the Lakers either. You know, even at the Lakers sitting at eight and two, the Bucs were stumbling. You know, the Bucs had, 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 had dropped a couple. Shoot, more than a couple. The, the, the Bucs had, I think they had lost three in a row and they had missed out on their chance to win 70 games. They were sitting at 53 and 12. So unless they were going to run the table, they weren't going to win 70 games where it looked like two weeks prior that they were going to coast into 70 wins. At least 70 wins. But before the break, they had lost to the Nuggets. They had lost to the Suns. They had lost to the Lakers. They had actually lost. I had mentioned they had lost three in a row. They had lost four of their last five because there was a heat loss in there as well. So none of it matters because the Bucks are healthy now. There's no concerns about um, that big-ass lineup that they have. You know, Giannis wasn't injured, but they were dealing with injuries. You know, they were dealing with, 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 with Bledsoe. Uh, they were dealing with just a number of lingering problems. And, well... Four months clears up those problems. So what happens with Milwaukee now? How about Toronto? 
I mean, now, like, I think we can really get in depth as to who has an opportunity to win these championships. We've speculated, can a team, like, out of the four teams that are going to make the conference finals, is there going to be a team that sneaks in there where you're like, oh, okay. Didn't see that coming. And there aren't very many teams that can do that. If Dallas or, you know, if Dallas or Memphis or whoever the eight seed winds up being, if they're in the conference finals, it's surprising. I don't think Houston being in the conference finals is surprising. Uh, nor do I think Utah or Denver because of preseason projections. Uh, I don't think them being in the conference finals is surprising. I think the only teams uh, in, in terms of the Western Conference that people would be really shocked by are Oklahoma City uh, and Dallas. And then, of course, whoever the eighth seed is. But I think that's like that's a, a, a super, super reach. Dallas or Oklahoma City. Like if, I think if they're in the in the conference finals, it's a it's a it's a eye grabbing situation. Brooklyn's not going to make it. Orlando's not going to make it. So it's I think the only team that could really surprise somebody in terms of the Eastern Conference are the Pacers. And I thought I read that Victor Oladipo opted out of the restart, but I don't think that that's accurate because. He arrived yesterday. He was he was there. So I guess he's 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 there. He's just not playing. Did I misunderstand that? I'm looking at an article right now. That says how the NBA playoff picture changes without Victor Oladipo. Oladipo's decision to sit out has ripple effects. I'm positive. I saw a picture of him arriving yesterday. So he opted out of playing, but. He's there, I guess, to just support. Maybe he wasn't healthy enough to play. I, I, I don't know. But I was, re- I, I, I kind of had a, a, a short moment. I don't mind having bad takes. Like I don't mind being wrong in my assessment of all well, the Dallas Mavericks aren't going to be good there. I, I don't mind that. I just don't like conveying wrong information. And I had a slight sense of panic when I saw Victor Oladipo arrive in Orlando because I immediately was thinking, wait, I thought that he wasn't playing. But he is, and it's he has concerns uh, about playing with with the injury that he recovered from. Like he's concerned about coming back from from the long layoff, not having enough time to recover. So he's going to be there to help his team. He's going to be there to work out with his team. He's just not going to play competitively. He only played thirteen games, if you recall, and I do uh, the very emotional return uh, he had during the season. If memory serves me correctly, it was. So 13 games, it was right around the time Kobe died. And I remember his post-game interview. He was super emotional about Kobe. He was super emotional about his return to the floor because he was out a really long time. So he's opting out for, you know, kind of health concerns, which is, it's completely okay. Unprecedented. You know, we're in, we're in completely unprecedented times here. So I, I, I can't knock him for that. I can't be mad at that. And, you know, it, as part of the kind of, strange flow of information like we're watching you know we're watching king's player social media accounts to kind of see what's going on uh, bogey's got a nice little view in his yacht club room yogi farrell is is doing workouts on the on the balcony of his on the balcony of his hotel room and we see you know game setups and i saw what the picture of rajon rondo complaining about his room calling it a motel six was pretty that didn't go over very well because I don't know about you. I've stayed in a Motel 6 when I was traveling across the country, and it's uh, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Now, in fairness, I guess, to Rajon Rondo, the rooms that the NBA players normally stay in, the rooms that the NBA teams normally stay in are really freaking nice. Like, they're legit four or five star hotels and the rooms are incredible with, you know, screens on the wall where you, if you want water brought to you, you press the water button, like iPads, you know, mounted to the wall where if you want something, you press a button and it's delivered to you or you, you want something done in your room, you press a button and the people come to you. Like, I I mean, so I get it, but that wasn't the motel six fam. And it's clear that Rajon Rondo's never been in a Motel 6. And if he has, it's been a really long time since he's been there. Because that sure enough wasn't it. That wasn't a 
bad looking room that he posted at all. Maybe not the room that he's used to as an NBA player, but not a bad looking room at all. Uh, send me your thoughts this weekend. 916-888-5898. Uh, not your every thought, but your playoff thoughts. Uh, who do you think can sneak in there and, and be a part of the conference finals? And who do you think, uh, who do you think are the ultimate four teams uh, that the NBA championship comes down to? Two teams in the East, two teams in the West. Who do you think it is? I feel like I got to write out my Los Angeles Clippers take. And this is a take that's several, several years old, but the day before, uh, I had it on good authority that Kawhi Leonard was going to be traded to Toronto. And we talked about this, you know, back in the days of the lowdown that uh, Kawhi Leonard was going to be traded to Toronto. And I had heard he was going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers when, 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 the, when the year was over. And I, I said that day, the Clippers are going to win the championship before the Lakers. The Clippers are going to win a championship in a couple of years. And I have got to ride this out. There's no way I can change it now that they're sitting at number two. They're well behind Los Angeles. I mean, the Lakers are going to finish first. The Clippers are going to finish second. I think the Clippers team is deeper. The roster is deeper. Uh, and and obviously Los Angeles is very star heavy with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but it's not like it's not like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are pushovers here. Now they're 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 below if you're doing rankings. They're certainly below uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But when you fill out the rest of the roster, I think it goes in the Clippers' favor. I think coaching uh, goes in the Clippers' favor with Doc Rivers as well. And if it comes down to the Clippers versus the Lakers in the conference finals, I'm going to take the Clippers. I'm going to take the Clippers until they're out of it. I'm going to take the Clippers to be the NBA champions until I just can't take them anymore and they're gone. Uh, so that's going to be that's be that's going to be my pick. And ultimately. You know, even though I said I think we, you know, if there's a surprise in there, who is it? Could it be, you know, Oklahoma City? Ultimately, I think it boils down to the Clippers versus the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Looking at the East, I can't imagine a healthy Milwaukee team losing. Um, I'm really anxious to see what Philadelphia looks like upon their return. Uh, you know, they were they were a team that had been and you know another another post season. And I don't mean playoffs. I mean, like, after the season is over. You know, another footnote, it, like, are people's jobs saved because of, you know, the short turnaround? And we don't know when the NBA is going to start. We know that the proposing starting in December. I think December 1st was the original proposed date for the start of an NBA season. And it was noted right away that this hasn't been agreed to, and it probably is going to change. But even if it starts in January, like, even if it starts after Christmas, or maybe even if it starts in February and we have a, a like a, a half a season or something like that. It's still going to be in it's it's still going to be a really short turnaround given the postseason. It's going to be a short turnaround at least for the NBA uh, for the for the conference finals teams and the uh, the NBA finals teams. And we'll have the draft and free agency and all of that stuff. But well, it's going to turn around so quickly. Will teams that had considered firing coaches have they changed their mind? Like I was confident Brett Brown was going to lose his job when the season was over. That's something we had talked about several times as the season kind of went along and, and the Sixers just seemed to underperform and there were talks about whether it would be Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. One of them's got to go. No, I, I, I think you got to get a coach in there that, that has a legit shot at repairing that relationship or maybe it's not uh, the relationship that needs repairing but getting them some on-court chemistry. But I thought Brett Brown was done. I even had a feeling that maybe Alvin Gentry wouldn't be back as the Pelicans coach. But I wonder how much of that changes now with the potential short turnaround from the end of the NBA finals to the start of next season. I wonder if that changes and some of the coaches have bought them, you know, an extra year or so. Uh, but I'm anxious to see what Philadelphia does here in this, this restart because, you know, they're 39 and 26. They were five and five in their last 10 games. They're 14 games behind the Milwaukee Bucks. They were supposed to be up there to, with Toronto. And again, not to you know confuse the situation, Milwaukee's running away with this. No one's going to compete for the number one spot. And in all likelihood, the top three seeds are already set. It's almost certainly Milwaukee. It's almost certainly Toronto at number two and then Boston at number three. Uh, Toronto was six and a half behind Milwaukee, uh, but they're three games ahead of Boston. And Toronto was too good, I think, to lose uh, three games in the span of eight. 
Uh, Boston has a two and a half game lead over Miami. I'm confident that sticks. As a matter of fact, I think the the top four seeds, I said the top three, I think it's the top four seeds stick once you throw in Miami. What happens with Indiana and Philadelphia? We'll see. You know, they have identical records right now, so there'll be some movement there. What happens with Brooklyn and Orlando? We'll see. Uh, they have identical records as well. There will likely be some movement there. I would be shocked. I mean, who knows what Brooklyn's going to be able to do? Really, who knows what any of these teams are going to be able to do? But, you know, there, there's not a lot of time to – it's a, it's an interesting dynamic for Milwaukee, probably Toronto. It's an interesting dynamic for Los Angeles – maybe even, I don't want to stretch and say both Los Angeles teams, but the Lakers don't really have to do anything. You know, with the three preseason games or three scrimmage games, plus the eight regular season games, they could try to get themselves into form uh, by the first round of the playoffs and then start hitting a groove as they move along. You know, the Lakers, excuse me, the Clippers, they only have a game and a half lead over Denver. So, you know, they don't really have time to, to be lazy. Denver, they only have a game and a half lead over Utah, so they don't have time to you know figure things out. And then you can just kind of work your way down the line. Utah only has a game lead over Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City and Houston, they have the same records. So you know they're kind of competing there. Dallas, again, a game and a half back. You know Memphis, you know they're obviously competing for the eight spot. So there's most of the teams in the Western Conference, they don't have you know, the run-up period, except for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers got a long runway uh, to get healthy and get things going and get into a rhythm. I shouldn't say get healthy. Everybody should be healthy right now. Uh, they have a long runway to, to kind of get into a rhythm. They have a long runway to get into championship form. Uh, Milwaukee has that same long runway. I think Toronto does as well. Uh, but some of the other teams, you know, you, you know Boston, might, they have runways. They're just shorter. All of these teams are making the playoffs, and maybe seating without home court isn't a big deal anymore. You know, maybe playing on your, you know, maybe playing on the court with your logo on it isn't that big of a deal anymore. Not that it it, it, it ever was. Home court advantage is sleeping at home. You know, I, I mean, it, it's 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 the fans, it's the arena, it's comfort, it's normalcy. Well, all of that is gone. So how do these teams and coaches will approach being ranked 2-3-4? Now, what does come into play are playoff matchups. Like if you're in the Western Conference, you probably don't want to play the Lakers until the conference finals. You want to avoid playing the toughest teams in your conference until the last series. Same with Milwaukee. You know, in the Eastern Conference, you probably want to avoid playing Milwaukee until the till the till the conference finals. You want to play them as late as possible. You don't want a situation where you've got to run through, you know, multiple juggernauts. Those are the only real advantages to seeding this year. Uh, so how seriously are coaches taking that? How concerned are they about it? And con you know what I mean by concerned, like they're not worried about it. But I mean, how, you know, what is their approach to that? What is their approach to seating? What is their approach to attempting, you know, trying to avoid certain matchups now that you're not playing for home court anymore? Or is it just get out there and, 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 and again, the Lakers, they got a runway. Is everybody else like, let, let's just get out there? You know, we refer to the restart as an all-out sprint. And, and maybe that's what this is. It certainly is for Sacramento. It certainly is for New Orleans. It certainly is for Portland and Memphis. Those teams competing for an eight spot. It's, it's, it's an all-out sprint. There's no warm-up period. That, that warm-up period, I guess, starts July 22nd when those scrimmage games starts. That's the closest to a warm-up period that you're going to get. But practice begins today for the Sacramento Kings. they got a practice today, and they've got a practice tomorrow. We will cover it for you on the Sacramento Kings podcast over on the HoopBall Network. If you're not a subscriber of that podcast yet, uh, go check it out. Just search HoopBall uh, in your podcast platform. You'll see the Sacramento Kings podcast there. You'll see the uh, big bright blue and red logo. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe, and we'll have your Kings news covered uh, this weekend. One other basketball note is we were talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson is according to a... Um, a court motion and sworn affidavit by his former marketing representative. You know that there's that lawsuit going on 
with that agency and Zion Williamson. Uh, Zion Williamson's stepfather solicited and accepted a $400,000 payment from a marketing agent in October of 2018 prior to Zion's only season with the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Gina Ford's attorneys say the affidavit and other exhibits show that Williamson was ineligible when he played for the Blue Devils in 2018 and 2019 and that his uh, father received uh, improper benefits from a Canadian marketing agent's. All righty, so we're back to doing this again. I guess it's a story worth following. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. What, what are you supposed to do with these? Like, do I? Do you still care if? I mean, everybody cheats. It's just who cheats the best. And maybe this doesn't have anything to do with 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 Duke. Maybe you know. Six degrees of separation, don't ask, don't tell, uh, a plausible deniability. Coach K legitimately knows nothing about it. Like, hey, I don't, I don't know what these agencies are doing. This is an agent problem. This isn't a dupe problem. We did our background on him. He was clean. I, got, I don't know what to do with it from there. Uh, the Big Ten, obviously big fans of the podcast. Uh, they were listening to us yesterday, uh, allegedly, perhaps. At least in my mind they were. As they announced, they will uh, do a conference-only season uh, for all fall sports, including football, just uh, as we predicted they would. Um, and, and I know, obviously, I'm being sarcastic in my take yesterday because just as you got to point out the bad ones, you can celebrate the good ones. But this was kind of common sense. It's the, th- it's the only thing that really made sense because so many of these uh, big conferences do tournaments with not tournaments, but they do one-offs with small conferences, and or you know teams in small conferences. And I don't think those small conferences, as we know with the Ivy League, they're not going to have play. So I think this all boils down to I think what what the college season boils down to are the Power Five, and that's it. Nothing else. We're talking about the Power Five conferences, and that's it. Uh, there were some marquee matchups that were t- lost, particularly on the football end this year. I think Wisconsin and Notre Dame was one, uh, but it's. I think that game was actually at Lambeau. I think it was Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Lambeau, if I remember correctly. Uh, so you know the, the 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 Power Ten or the Power Five, excuse me. Uh, they're trying to navigate this without canceling, you know, the football season. And of course, the NCAA is not going to step in. They're going to allow the Power Five to, to do this on their own so they don't have to make any de- definitive decision because, you know, they're the NCAA. Uh, one more quick note before we get out of here for the week. Uh, after five months away from competition, Tiger Woods will return to the golf course on July 16th. Uh, next Thursday, Tiger Woo. Tiger Woo. I like him. He's been gone for 151 days. 151 days between PGA Tour events. That'll be the fourth longest layoff of his professional career. So he'll be back at it uh, in Dublin, Ohio on July 16th. Uh, More Tiger news. HBO has got a documentary coming out on Tiger Woods in which Tiger Woods will not be involved. Apparently this is based off a book of the name called Tiger Woods. And well, okay. I I, I guess from, from what I read, it's going to focus primarily on golf. So, there you go. Because we're all, are we, or, or are we all itching for a documentary about Tiger Woods and golf? Wouldn't be doing a, it's a two-part documentary, by the way. So they're, they're, they're giving this some length. If you're doing a documentary on Tiger Woods and you just focus on golf, is that similar to the baseball documentary, the home run chase a couple of weeks ago where they just focused on the home run chase and, you know, not the cheating involved in the home run chase. Because if you don't cover Thanksgiving and everything that happened following that, then you're wasting your time. In fact, I would argue a large portion, perhaps the most interesting portion of any documentary on Tiger Woods will be what happened on Thanksgiving and everything that followed. Matter of fact, you probably don't even need to do a documentary on anything before that Thanksgiving night. Like, like, what do you do? Like, Tiger won. Unless Tiger is involved and he's talking about, 
you know, what it was like, you know, winning the Masters at that age or winning the U.S. Open by four billion strokes, then if Tiger's involved, and I don't mean involved as a producer, I mean involved as an interview subject, then, then, it, then it might be worth doing. But from what I've read, it, Tiger's not going to be involved in this. Apparently, he, he, he detested the guys who did the book. He was very angry that these guys did this, this unauthorized biography on him, and, and he didn't cooperate with it at all, so I don't imagine he's going to cooperate with the documentary. But, of course, if Tiger uh, ever signs off to uh, be an interview subject in the documentary, Tiger is the type of athlete who, who will get the type of control that Michael Jordan got. Well, we could do a, a documentary, but I get you know final cut say. I get, I get final edit. And Tiger, I can't envision a scenario where he sits down and openly discusses uh, what went on uh, that Thanksgiving night and everything uh, that led to it and everything that followed it. But there's your Tiger Woods news. Tiger Woods. It's one of my favorite lines. I'm never getting rid of that line. I'm going to use that line forever. Every time Tiger Woods comes up. I'm going to use that line forever. Appreciate you so much for tuning in uh, today. Appreciate you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, make sure you use the weekend to catch up on past episodes. If you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, I'll try to have some new episodes up on Patreon.com as well. Should have the latest episode of Relive. If you haven't listened to the NWO episode, check that out. I should have the latest one focusing on the very first Hell in a Cell matchup between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. What an interesting year 1997 was. In professional wrestling, of course, that match also gave us the debut of Kane. Uh, the script for that is just about complete. I apologize. There's so much going on. If you if you can, uh, make sure you're with us next week. Next week is going to be special for a number of different reasons. We've got some announcements that we want to make that we're really, really excited for. Uh, so I hope that you will uh, make it a point to be with us, particularly uh, probably more so on Tuesday. So there's your little tease for next week. Make sure you're locked in on Tuesday because we've got, I think I'm going to have an, I think I'll have an announcement. It won't be an announcement. I'll, I'll be able to talk about something on Monday. I'll have an announcement on Tuesday. And it's one that I'm really excited for, one that we're really, really proud of. And it's, uh, I'm anxious for you to hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious for you to hear it. So make sure you're with us next week. Uh, make sure you check out the Sacramento Kings podcast as I just continuously beg you to do a variety of different things. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, today. Thank you so much for listening this week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Put those masks on. And we'll see you here Monday on the podcast. Mm-hmm.